low-carbohydrate, high-fat diet was associated with increased levels of LDL cholesterol and apolipoprotein B, along with a twofold heightened risk of cardiovascular events. According to an observational study presented at the 2023 American College of Cardiology's annual scientific session, combined with the World Congress of Cardiology. This study's definition of a low-carbohydrate, high-fat diet was no more than 25% of total daily calories from carbohydrates and more than 45% from fat. The study's primary endpoint was to determine the impact of this diet on serum lipid levels. After an average of 11.8 years of follow-up, researchers found that participants following the low-carbohydrate, high-fat diet, when compared with those following a standard diet, had higher levels of LDL cholesterol at 3.80 millimoles per liter versus 3.64, and ApoB at 1.09 grams per liter versus 1.04. A secondary endpoint explored the incidence of atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease events in both groups. 9.8% of participants on the low-carb, high-fat diet experienced a new cardiac event compared with 4.3% of those on a standard diet. The authors noted, on average, cholesterol levels tend to rise on this diet, but some people's cholesterol concentrations can stay the same or go down, depending on several underlying factors. Future analysis will be to try to identify specific characteristics or genetic markers that can predict how someone will respond to this type of diet. The goal of the CLEAR Outcomes trial was to compare the safety and efficacy of bempedoic acid compared with placebo among patients with or at high risk for cardiovascular disease and were intolerant of statin therapy. The CLEAR Outcomes trial showed that bempedoic acid did improve long-term cardiovascular outcomes and did effectively reduce LDL cholesterol compared with placebo. The primary outcome related to four-component major adverse cardiovascular events, non-fatal myocardial infarction, non-fatal stroke, coronary revascularization, or cardiovascular death for bempedoic acid compared with placebo. The primary outcome for bempedoic acid was 11.7% versus 13.3% for placebo, and the hazard ratio was 0.87. Secondary outcomes for bempedoic acid compared with placebo included change in LDL cholesterol at six months, minus 21.1 versus minus 0.8 milligrams per deciliter, change in high-sensitivity C-reactive protein from baseline at 12 months, minus 20.6% versus 0%, any muscle disorder, 15.0% versus 15.4%. Hyperuricemia, 10.9% versus 5.6%. Gout, 3.1% versus 2.1%. And cholelithiasis, 2.2% versus 1.2%. The results of this trial indicate that bempedoic acid improves long-term cardiovascular outcomes and effectively reduces LDL cholesterol compared with placebo among patients with either established atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease or who have a high risk for it and with intolerance to statin therapy. 
According to the authors, these are very promising findings and extend the current armamentarium of lipid-lowering therapies. Future studies comparing bempedoic acid to other lipid-lowering agents will be important, as well as longer-term data and cost-effectiveness analysis. The goal of the BioVasc trial was to evaluate immediate complete revascularization compared with delayed complete revascularization among patients with acute coronary syndrome and multivessel coronary disease. Coronary intervention involved the use of serolimus-eluting biodegradable polymer-coated stents. The BioVasc trial showed that immediate complete revascularization is non-inferior versus delayed complete revascularization. However, the immediate approach was associated with a reduction in myocardial infarction and unplanned revascularization. The primary outcome involving all-cause mortality, myocardial infarction, unplanned revascularization, or cerebrovascular events at one year occurred in 7.6% of the immediate group versus 9.4% in the delayed group, with a p-value for non-inferiority of 0.0011. So, among patients with acute coronary syndrome and multivessel coronary disease, immediate complete revascularization was non-inferior to delayed complete revascularization. The immediate approach, though, was associated with a lower incidence of myocardial infarction and unplanned revascularization compared with the delayed approach. Although immediate complete revascularization for acute coronary syndrome and multivessel coronary artery disease is preferred, delayed complete revascularization could be a reasonable consideration depending upon patient and lesion characteristics. The goal of the COAP trial was to assess the safety and efficacy of transcatheter mitral leaflet approximation using mitroclip among symptomatic heart failure patients with secondary mitral regurgitation. The COAP trial showed that transcatheter mitral valve approximation using the mitroclip on a background of maximally tolerated guideline-directed medical therapy was superior to optimal medical therapy alone in reducing heart failure hospitalization and mortality at five years in symptomatic heart failure patients with grade three to four plus mitral regurgitation. The primary effectiveness endpoint, heart failure hospitalization at 24 months for mitroclip plus guideline-directed medical therapy versus guideline-directed medical therapy alone was 35.8% versus 67.9% with a hazard ratio of 0.53. The primary safety endpoint, freedom from device-related complications at 12 months, was 96.6% for mitroclip with a p-value of less than 0.001. The device had excellent safety. The results of this landmark trial indicate that transcatheter mitral valve approximation using the mitroclip on a background of optimal medical therapy was superior to optimal medical therapy alone in reducing heart failure hospitalization and mortality in symptomatic heart failure patients with 3 to 4 plus mitral regurgitation. Improvements were also observed in left ventricular dimensions, renal outcomes, hospitalizations, and patient symptoms. Significant improvements were noted in quality of life measurements starting at one month and sustained out to five years. 
there is a high rate of crossover after two years from the medical therapy arm to the mitra clip arm. These COAPT results come on the heels of the recently published MITRA-FR trial, which did not show a benefit in this patient population. Possible reasons for differences include enrollment of patients with more severe mitral regurgitation and less dilated ventricles. Procedural complications and success in reducing mitral regurgitation were also higher in the COAP trial. The cost-effectiveness analysis suggests higher costs with MitraClip compared with medical therapy alone, with a mean difference of approximately $35,000 over two years. This underscores the need to carefully identify the patients most likely to benefit from MitraClip among patients with heart failure and mitral regurgitation. Analysis suggests that these are truly landmark findings in the COAP trial and will likely have a significant impact on the management of patients with secondary mitral regurgitation. For Mediblurb, I'm Dr. Jim Dwyer.